0: This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
1: And welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Wallace, and Millard inside T-Mobile Arena, Jared Justice. Back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... Woo! That's what a few people are
2: saying tonight as they get ready to make their debuts for the Vegas Golden Knights. Launch their opportunity in the National Hockey League because there's some game time decisions ladies and gentlemen for tonight's game against the San Jose Sharks as Vegas and the Sharks finish up this uh, two-game set at T-Mobile Arena. The injury bug has bit the Golden Knights as of late. Chandler Stevenson did not play Monday. He did not practice uh, at the morning skate today. Alex Tuck played Monday but left the game or did not play in the latter half of the third period and did not practice today. Pete DeBoer calls them game time decisions. I would be surprised if either one of them plays, but hmm. that's just me reading into it. Uh, in the uh, interest of filling those spots, mm-hmm. you have the likes of uh, Tomas Yurko who took a uh, line rush today and he has yet to uh, make his a uh, golden Knights uh, Debut. He's a National Hockey League. He played a bunch of games too. Yeah, had a good training camp. Pete DeBoer likes him. uh Likes what he saw uh, out of training camp. Has watched the play uh, in the league before. Could we see him play his first game? And then where do they? Where else do they fill? The good news is William Carrier was back. Yeah, on the ice today, and looks like he is ready to go. So a lot of moving parts around the Golden Knights roster as they get set uh, for this one. And if if vegas can win tonight mm-hmm. how about this it would be the fourth winning streak of at least four games this year the golden knights produced three of them last year played a bunch more games than the uh than the 26 or 27 i guess uh, after tonight <laughs> that just is another one of those i'm gonna hang it on the wall uh memorable parts of this opening half of the 56 game schedule.
1: I mean, they've been good. They've been really, really good. Just the fact that the Golden Knights could pick up their 20th win in their 27th game is an indication of how good they've been. And throughout this season, they've dealt with injuries and they've still found ways to win in in certain games, key games, whatever it may be. So, you know, I whoever ends up in the lineup tonight is going to be expected to perform and expected to contribute. And, you know, that's a great opportunity for a guy like Tomas Yurko. It's another, if Chandler Stevenson doesn't go another great opportunity in front of Cody Glass.
2: Yeah. And since game seven, when they took that break for the COVID pause, Mm -hmm. this team's been dealing with key pieces and others uh, in and out of the lineup, depth pieces and and key personnel being absent from the lineup. Some for stretches, like Theodore, mm-hmm. like Petrangelo on yeah. two occasions, like Petrangelo now, like William Carrier being out for uh, a couple of games. Depth piece, Chandler Stevenson, uh, certainly your number one line center, mm-hmm. uh, being out of the lineup. It's it's been um, a work in in progress. The old uh, adapt. And, and pivot and, and trying to keep the, the ship moving. Robin Leonard being out for the last seventeen games. He's almost been out so long that you and and Marc Andre Fleury's been so good mm-hmm. that you don't include that sure. in, in, yeah. in, in that category. But this is uh this impressive nineteen six and one has certainly been made even more impressive because of who they've had to play considerable games without.
1: 100%. And, and that, again, to me, is the sign of a really good hockey team because you've got different pieces that are coming in and out of the lineup. You've got key pieces that are out. But because this team has been able to find ways to win because they've been able to deal with those injuries and you've been able to get some key contributions from some young players in the lineup the likes of Dylan Coghlan the likes of of Nick Haig and Zach Whitecloud taking on a bigger role when those injuries on the back end presented themselves you have a team that I think is better suited to deal with those injuries should they arise as this season progresses, or in the playoffs, this is a team that I think the word you'd use so far throughout this half of the season is battle-tested. They've dealt with adversity and they've come back and met that challenge every single time. Yeah, battle-tested is is a good
2: term. It almost feel, at nineteen six and one there should be something more superlative beyond battle-tested, more uh, excellent. Uh, that 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 covers that kind of category like uh resilient doesn't cover it because they've, sure. been, they've been... Top seven? the record top is, top, top 7, seven. <laughs> top 7 certainly works on, on that uh as jared justice continues to uh, operate our show and we'll get into uh a couple of minutes with jared justice in, in a little bit but they, you know they've been so great that that the just fighting through the adversity mm-hmm. uh seems to be um It doesn't give enough credit to what they've done.
1: No, I. I, It's even though it's impressive. No, I think it's hard to kind of put into context how good this team has been when you like when you consider all the different factors, especially coming into this season. And you brought up a great point that Robin Leonard's missed so much time, but Mark Andre Fleury's been so good that we don't really talk about that that storyline. The big key going into this season was the fact that the Golden Knights had two guys that they could rotate all the way through, and that was going to be one of their key advantages over everyone else in the division. They haven't been able to utilize that, and it hasn't set them back at all.
2: Uh, here's a stat that I'll give you. The Golden Knights are 10-4-1 in one-goal games. Mm. So they're, they're coming out on the right side of close games that's obvious mm-hmm. 10 four, and one in one goal games but they've only lost six games all season six and then the one extra mm-hmm. that means four of their six regulation losses have been by one goal that's even when they they've managed to uh come up short and been been left on the wrong side of the ledger they're still really good and still right in the game Two of those four, one nothing games. Sure. So I I think it 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 adds to the consistency of being in the game or finding a way to win the game every night
1: for twenty six games. The question is, do they drop off any? Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, as we were talking throughout this week about Mark Stone and whether or not he can keep this pace up. I guess the question is if there are if the Golden Knights are continuing to go through this injury bug, they're continuing to have players in and out of the lineup, can we reasonably expect them to continue this pace knowing what we know right now I think about the division, right? The Golden Knights are among the best in this division. On most nights, they should beat the teams that are not among the best in this division. Can they keep up this pace? Can you win forty games in a fifty-six
2: game schedule?
1: Fixing to find out.
2: That's remarkable. Probably That's, not. That is upper echelon in league history mm-hmm. type performance, and I think it's it's a little more difficult when you're facing the same teams every night. I don't. I have nothing to really prove that, because we've never been through anything like this, but. Just the the odds of beating somebody eight times uh, in in a, in a season are very low. Uh, Buffalo Sabers are making that look uh, look <laughs> fairly normal, and, and we'll get more into uh, what's happened and the fallout from from their dismal season as there was a change made with that organization. But forty wins in a fifty-six game schedule is is what they're they're on pace for right now. You got to think that there's a flat spot in there somewhere that's going to to bring you back a touch how much the way this team goes and the way those top two lines can carry them absolutely put them on the shoulders and carry the hockey club coupled with goaltending when they're both ready it it might be in the range I'm not willing to count it out and and say in, in an emphatic no. Mhm. I'd be like a golf announcer saying, "Tiger's got no chance here." <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well. how many times have we heard that over the course of the- I'm not I'm not about to do that and say they don't have a chance. However, uh, it it would be something staggeringly uh, excellent.
1: See, that's that's the interesting thing because we we like we're looking at the Golden Knights and an an opportunity they're flirting if they continue to play this way they continue to be on this stretch of flirting with 40 wins in 56 games tampa florida washington carolina are all kind of in that ballpark yeah. too so i guess kind of the, the the greater question is will we see it from somebody this year well the, the interesting part about the teams that you just mentioned mm-hmm. is three
2: of them are from the same division And what strikes me as odd about that is when you're playing each other all the time, (laughs) why aren't they pulling each other back?
1: My guess is they haven't played each other enough. Like we haven't gotten into those games yet, right? So that's coming from from one of those
2: teams is going to uh, run into a buzzsaw of the others. And that's, I mean, Tampa, Florida, Carolina uh, aren't going to be able to keep running. You, You can't. Because they're, yeah, they're it's playing not each possible. other, yeah. So can Washington keep keep going? That's a challenge mm-hmm. in a in a very tough division. Vegas, well, you've got the haves and the have-nots. So you you want to play above five hundred against the halves, yes. and you and you want to be able to of your eight games, you want to be able to produce five wins or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ideally, a split is okay. But you, you'd like to be able to produce five wins or more. But then you have the have-nots. And here's where where the have-nots are going to play a role in that quest to win 40 games. They're going to be out of it. Mm-hmm. They will be sellers at the trade deadline. And you got to think that the the level I don't care who you are if you got no chance of making the playoffs and you've just been through the rigors of the pandemic and and uh, and you've got, you're playing every second day and uh, the 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 focus and the level of engagement will not be there every night. Mm-hmm. They're still professionals. They'll still give it the college try and and they'll play some good games. But on a night-to-night basis when you're facing L.A. or San Jose or Anaheim or maybe Arizona. We'll see where that goes. If you're facing them on a night-to-night basis and they don't have it every night, that gives you that one extra win that you didn't have to go through the wall for that's going to allow you to potentially put yourself in a position to win 40 games in a 56-game schedule. The haves and the have-nots in this division hasn't, to me, hasn't really presented the advantage that a lot of people have talked about yet. But it will, in three weeks after the trade deadline, it will certainly offer up the odd game where you're going to face a diminished roster and a roster that's not quite committed.
1: You know, it's interesting because when we look at tonight's game with Vegas and San Jose and based on what I saw from San Jose on Monday, I think it's probably a good thing that the Golden Knights after tonight only have three more against the Sharks because I think those three, depending on how this game goes tonight, those three remaining with San Jose are going to be an absolute battle because the San Jose Sharks want to beat the vegas golden knights they want to affect where this where the golden knights might finish their season because i think at this point the writing's pretty much on the wall for where we expect san jose to be i think in that room they understand what's ahead of them and what they're they're looking at and and i think that the golden knights are going to have whether or not san jose has a hard time with everyone else in the division there's going to be that extra added motivation the next, two, the next three times that these teams meet, and they'll all be in a row, that San Jose is going to make the Golden Knights work for every single point remaining that they have in this season series.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong, but the three games that they're going to face each other in April are right around the trade deadline. That, that, that'll make a difference, too. Mm-hmm. Like what happens? Like do do they make a, a splash? Do they make uh, a, a change and and sell and do that rebuild? That that could have an impact on what those three games go. Like there's, they're also three in a row against the team, <laughs> so you got to think that there's going to be something uh, in there to, to fight with. Uh, this this is game five of this series. Yep. Pete DeBoer has never lost to the San Jose Sharks as coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, it, it's one of those. I know it's a pandemic-initiated, but it's one of those stats that's going to go down if they can kind of if they can keep this run going, where a former coach faces the team that he coached the year before, the season before is probably mm-hmm. a better way to phrase that. Yep, season before and goes seven and one. Or six and two, and <laughs> it, it, it'll it'll never happen again. So there's there's a little bit of that weird uh, history that we when we celebrate the ten year anniversary of the Vegas Golden Knights, you go hey, against uh, his former team.
1: You know I, what's the temperature in in San Jose on Pete DeBoer and all the success that he's having with the Golden Knights?
2: Like I don't think there's any ill will. I, I don't think there's any. Uh, uh, we shouldn't have. We sh- uh, made a mistake there. Uh, I think it's pretty uh, clear across the board that the roster is responsible for where they are during this uh, current season and what what went down with Pete DeBoer and parting ways with the San Jose Sharks.
1: No, I, I agree with that. I, I don't think that, that it's it, – there's – I guess the better way to phrase it is: given the rivalry, mm-hmm. if you're a fan of San Jose, like if you're a Sharks fan, to then see Pete DeBoer go to your arch nemesis and just be in a different stratosphere in terms of points percentage. I mean, seven—I think he's like at seven twenty-five throughout his tenure with the Golden Knights. It's got to sting you know, a little. That
2: is—that's incredible. Like you're good. almost winning three out of every four games.
1: locked. <laughs> sold put on the truck and gone when when we had Pete on the other day I, it was it was funny because as I was looking through his tenure with the Golden Knights he's 20 percentage points better than any other stop that he had as a, as a head coach like better better than Florida better than New Jersey better than San Jose like it is and you know what he wild did
2: to me in the first years in New Jersey and San Jose he went to the Stanley Cup final exactly and he's still is better than that better than that yeah I don't I don't think it's salt in the wound I, I think the when I look at it from a San Jose perspective mm-hmm. and I don't I try and stay off the message boards in, in San Jose. <laughs> I, I don't even know whether message boards exist still uh, that's how uh, lame that uh, that line was when when you look at it from the perspective of the San Jose Sharks it's got less to do with Pete it's got uh, more to do with the two rosters mm-hmm. and and where they're going in separate ways. Now, Pete'll, Pete plays a role in it because it, it'll make your your heart uh, hurt, hurt, or, or swell, which, whichever way you want to want to look at it. because We miss that guy, or it hurts that that guy is beating us so much. But I, I I still think it goes down to roster compilation. I'd agree with that. It's. Uh... There's, there should be some pride on the line for the San Jose Sharks tonight. Mm-hmm. There should be. Because they, for all that Marc-Andre Fleury did in the first period on Monday, and he was so good in holding the Sharks off the scoreboard and allowing the Golden Knights go to the dressing room with a one nothing lead, Devin Dubnik was the guy that made that the game in the second half. Mm-hmm. And without him, it's a complete cluster and and maybe he saved uh, a little bit of shenanigans as as dave shane was it dave shane that today that uh that dropped shenanigans somebody dropped shenanigans on the zoom call it's a a great word i was actually waiting for pete the board to say that's good that's a good word i like that word uh (laughs) maybe saves it from shenanigans but but without Devin dubnik yeah the other night there's no push uh back from the san jose sharks that game doesn't get to be a one goal game and 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 tighten things uh, up or up around here with a 20% capacity. So I'll uh, I'll be curious to see whether Dubnik has another game in him like that. I I'd be shocked if they went to Martin Jones with his Do you know something I'll, I don't?
1: No, I'll put it, I'll put it to you this way. I wouldn't go I wouldn't go to Martin Jones.
2: No. No. Not, and Dubnik's had great numbers head <laughs> to head with uh with the Golden Knights over his career. So that that wasn't a fluke. That was uh <laughs> that was more of what what the Golden Knights is because remember he played for the Minnesota Wild and and who's yep. given the Golden Knights the most trouble in the Western Conference? But the Minnesota Wild yeah. over the years. So so he's he's sort of part of that uh, uh, long history uh, of the first three and a half years about the the, the the challenge against that franchise. And he carried it over and he played a really good hockey game the other night. So will 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 San Jose try and give Dubnik a, a little bit more to work with? Uh, will they will they try and or well, they'll try? But can they? make this any type of set They're going down five nothing in a in a in a head-to-head series now the history says yeah that that vegas is going to roll
1: like i was encouraged by the first period for Mm -hmm. the san jose sharks but even in a a period in which they pushed the pace a bit and i thought they played better than i'd seen them play against vegas all year long they still went to the room down one nothing why because they take a penalty and the Golden Knights' talent executes. And and I think that, that that's got to be more deflating than, than probably any of the other games that they've played so far this year. Just the fact that you brought something to the table. You were in control at various moments, and it still wasn't enough. I would guess that this is going to be at least a similar start for the Sharks. They are going to throw everything that they have at the Golden Knights in the first 20 minutes of this game, hoping to go to the locker room with a lead hoping to get something for it that's where I mean Marc-Andre Fleury is going to shine right like that's what we've seen from the Golden Knights so far they've been able able to weather storms and then find their game and and I, I think against San Jose that's a recipe that they could use tonight especially if they're undermanned this is a this
2: is a week too that you don't get in in a regular National Hockey League season and by that I mean Vegas came home from the road trip on Saturday. They had a day off, Mm -hmm. nothing at the rink outside of testing on Sunday. Yep. They play Monday with a morning skate. Tuesday, complete day off outside of testing. Yep. And then come back and play Wednesday. There is not a coach in professional hockey that gives their team two days off between games. So you 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 bookend a game with with days off. That does not happen mm-hmm. anywhere, any other time other than a pandemic. And that's yeah. ma- that's managing your rest yeah. and and giving your players a chance to recharge. They're going back on the road uh, tomorrow for Friday's game against Los Angeles. But that's that's really unique. If I don't remember it ever happening outside of maybe if if a flu went through a team and they just shut them down and yeah. But that's how little practice time that you get. That's how little, uh, uh, how how concerned they are with rest and recovery. And they still came out, found their legs, and won that game.
1: Really solid effort from the Golden Knights. Final two periods were fantastic. Great, good hockey game too. Oh, it was fun. It was fun. And, And like, more than anything, I just want the games between these two clubs to be fun. It was fun on Monday. And I'm hoping that we get that again tonight. We'll see.
2: I'm I'm not I don't really know what to expect and, and I when I say that it's more on the San Jose side mm-hmm. what to expect. I'll, I'll give the pass to the first period on Monday because of of the six game road trip and one one day back, get settled and go out. There's there is some fatigue. There is a level of okay, we gotta find our emotional uh Embracement of this game. Mm-hmm. I don't think that'll be a problem tonight. The the the, the skate this morning at City National Arena mm-hmm. had so much more jump than Monday morning's pregame skate. It and and what those two days off that were packaged around that game on Monday, it it creates uh, enthusiasm for guys to be back on the ice. You get because you got you got to miss it a little bit. Yeah, that's why I'm always. I, i say to parents all the time like give your kids a month and a half (laughs) two months away from from something Uh uh, like a sport like when we talk about year-round hockey things Mm -hmm. like that make them miss it yeah and then when they when you put them back on the ice there's going to be so much more excitement and and uh just energy to to want to be able to do it instead of another practice okay that's that's in in a microcosm that's mm-hmm. what the two days off did and the energy level today was significant compared to monday morning where it was more lethargic coming off the road trip uh, i i expect uh, vegas to be really good tonight when we continue uh, we have one-timers coming up uh, some big news from the national hockey league good news of the day and robin Leonard spoke this morning he has been activated off long-term injury reserve Uh, talked about uh, some things that were going on with him over the last 17 games that he missed, and uh, also touched on a question that was asked to him about rumors that uh, that he was uh, not uh, injured. And he addressed those in a very point-blank fashion, as honest as we've ever heard Robin Leonard. That, when we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas, this is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show.
0: We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and
3: 1340
2: AM. Kind of so let that uh, fade out to the point where there's some kind of reference or tie-in or logical twist over to the Buffalo Sabres uh, since you've been gone. Well, we don't really know what uh, what's going to happen in the uh, absence of Ralph Krueger and assistant coach Steve Smith. We've discussed the Buffalo Sabres and their uh, trials and tribulations over the last month, and it has been more than a month uh, since the Buffalo Sabres won. They haven't won since late January. Realize that? Like, Incredible. Uh, the Buffalo Sabers have lost 12 straight games, and today decided to make a coaching change. Uh, Kevin Adams, in his first year as general manager, is forced to part ways with uh, Ralph Kruger, who is actually kind of sharing the personnel decisions with uh, Ralph Kruger. Also gone, uh, joining uh, Steve Smith, the assistant coach, uh, who is with them there. The Buffalo Sabers uh, make that change after a nice, tidy 6-18 and 4 record. And that is good for the worst in the National Hockey League. The straw that broke the back of the Buffalo Sabres was falling to the New Jersey Devils, who uh, account for half of Buffalo's wins this year. Half of the six wins were against the New Jersey Devils, who are just marginally better this season. In fact, if you take away those three victories head-to-head, the... uh, the New Jersey Devils would be right there with the Buffalo Sabers. So that was the—if uh, we can't even beat them, then we're gonna—we're gonna make a change. Uh, Any—I guess they're surprised that it's—that it got to this state that they didn't make a change earlier. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other side of me where could they have just run it out when when players started saying we're waiting for something to happen? That's when Kevin Adams and the Pagulas and the ownership group must have looked at each other and said. Something has to happen now.
1: Well, I, I think you're in a you're in a spot where you've just got to change something, right? Like you can't continue to go out night in, night out, and not really have much else to draw from. Detroit last year. I I mean,
2: never made a change.
1: No, but I think they they knew what they were like. The Detroit Red Wings are a team that is trying to rebuild mm-hmm. the buffalo sabers went into this season kevin adams made moves in the offseason. rebuilt to make them better yeah. to try to build around jack eichel yeah they thought they would rebuild and they they haven't and and you've got i th- still in that organization i think enough young players that you don't want this to become normalized like you don't want a 12 game losing streak to just be something that that is acceptable that that's accepted within the room and i don't think it's it's accepted by the players but the fact of the matter is if you keep going through this and keep going through this and keep losing hockey games and no changes are made what message are you sending to the players in the room
2: so where do you see this going is it dumpster fire is it we can have a good second half and try to salvage something from it or is it somewhere in between that? And when I say dumpster fire, I mean, you fired the coach. You might make a change at, at manager. It's, he has very little experience, if any. Mm-hmm. And do you consider making the massive decision to trade Jack Eichel or explore that?
1: Well, it, the hardest part for me is looking at the roster, looking at the construction, looking at some of the contracts that they have, specifically Jeff Skinner, at $9 million for the next seven years, and I don't know how many big changes you can make, but the the argument that I would say is out there right now is you've got Jack Eichel who would bring in something. There is a lot of value in Jack Eichel, who's 24 years old, has never played in the playoffs, And this is a a rebuild in terms of the Sabres that I don't think is going to be in a couple of years. Like, I think that this is something that's going to take the Buffalo Sabres some time to get going. So the question is, does a 27, 28-year-old Jack Eichel help the Sabres when they're good? Or do you try to get something, maximize that potential, maximize that value now to try to accelerate that process? This
2: is... This is compounded. The decision today to fire Ralph Krueger and let go coach Steve Smith is compounded by some decisions that this organization made last spring when they went through and trimmed yeah. position after position after position from scouts to coaches to management to, to media relations. They cut so much from the organization to the point when they made the decision today mm-hmm. Kruger and Smith are gone. They had two assistants left. One was a goalie coach, and Don Granado's the other. He'll yeah. take over on an interim basis. I would I would assume that some people are coming up from, from Rochester to help out the, the coaching staff. Matt Ellis and Dan Girardi. Okay, so a couple of former players. Mm-hmm. with That are fairly recently in their playing days. Uh-huh, yeah. <sighs> That's not an answer to me.
1: No, it and, is. And now
2: Don Granados, the interim coach, and, he, and Kevin Adams is quoted as saying the general manager, who didn't have any managerial experience before he was promoted last year, mm-hmm. uh, is quoted as saying they're going to do a full-scale search to find a replacement. Well, yeah, that that sounds good. Yeah, he was also quoted as saying he considered stepping behind the bench, but. It would take him away from his manager duties. The, the fact that he even can, cons- and I like Kevin. Yeah, I've had some great conversations with Kevin. I think he's he's a really good guy. I think he's in so far over his head right now that that it's it's unfair to even evaluate what he's doing mm-hmm. because because he's swamped. Not many resources. Doesn't have an assistant doesn't have a president of hockey operations to well, take take over. There's there's nothing to lean on there,
1: and then they just cut the coach and, and the assistant coach. So hire a president of hockey operations. Hire somebody that has been through this before. Hire somebody that has some extra connections and utilize that tool. You don't want to call it president of hockey operations. Make it, make it a consultant. I don't really care, but get somebody in there that can help right the ship and turn this around in Buffalo because, quite frankly, the fans do not deserve this. No, well, they you don't. You can do that, but you have
2: to spend money. And you just you just made it very apparent in the last year that spending money on positions that don't have a direct impact on wins and losses is not your thing.
1: Well, this is this has to be a position that will have a direct impact on wins and losses. Well, I'll give you a name.
2: I'll, I'll tell you exactly who they should they should. Create a president of hockey operations job. This hour, so what time is it? It is four thirty-nine. Four thirty-nine. Yep. The Pagulas should create a president of hockey operations job at four oh. thirty-nine, and and at five o'clock, eight Eastern. The Pagulas uh-huh. should name Jimmy Rutherford yep as president of hockey operations. I agree. You've got twenty-one minutes. Yeah. Create the position. Do it now. Make a phone call. It's not an interview. It's hiring him. And you hire Jim Rutherford as president of hockey operations by by 5 o'clock Pacific time, 8 o'clock Eastern. If you're really, if you're committed Mm -hmm. and serious to making something work in Buffalo. Otherwise, if you continue now with Kevin, who's swamped. Yep. And Don Granato, who's swamped. Yep. And the players who are drowning. Mm Mm-hmm. In their own misery, and your superstar—I can't imagine what he's going through because it's another head coach yeah. that he's going to uh, that he's watch go aside. You're you're fooling yourself if you think it's going to get any better. Not not next week because this thing's done. Yeah, no, they're done. Not in three weeks where you come up to the trade deadline and you decide what you're going to do, and you you flip the page to actually playing for next year. But this thing's not changing next year yeah. unless you get serious about putting somebody in there with with a level of respect from around the league and a level of credibility that can do it. Now, their coaching history is atrocious when it comes to putting somebody in with experience. Mm-hmm. Since Lindy Ruff coached there, yeah. it's been rookie, rookie, Bilesma went in there, yeah, had some trouble. Didn't, didn't last. Nope. Rookie head coach. Mm-hmm. Never before been head coach. Uh, Ralph Krueger coached a, a shortened season. Not not anybody with big big experience. So there's there's that level. And then the manager history, what they've it's... done on the managers, like Tim Murray, never been a manager before. Yeah. Jason Bottrell, I thought that was a good hire. I did too. You, you And looked... I still don't think I would have liked him to stay on there. But you got rid of him. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any experience. Yep. And Kevin Adams had no experience. Like he came up through the Harborfront uh, Hockey Organization that they that they run outside, and 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 he's worked his way in, and he's and he's done what he was supposed to do, but not yet. So they, if if you, this is the thirty-first franchise mm-hmm. uh, in the National Hockey League right now. When yep. you look at the standings, yeah. Did you see what what was in one of the Buffalo papers yesterday? I did. It's fantastic. They ranked the National Hockey League franchises one to thirty-two. One to thirty-two because the Seattle Kraken are six months away. Yep, from launching their first season. The and this is tongue in cheek, but there's <laughs> a, there's a there's a level here, people, of self awareness, of, of seriousness here, and where that you can even go to this depth and even crack this joke is such a uh, reality slap in the face, just punch to the gut. <laughs> The Buffalo report listed the 32 teams in the National Hockey League with Seattle, and Seattle was 31st because Buffalo was
1: 32nd. I want to go back to something you said. If you want to make a change, if you actually want to right the ship, do you believe that that's the case right now? Given what we know the rest of the season's going to be, given the fact that the Buffalo Sabres aren't coming close to doing anything this year, is it a mistake to not immediately go forward and do this right now? Do you, oh yeah,
2: totally. It's a I, mistake not to do it right now.
1: Yeah. Look down. You've got Buffalo's uh,
2: I do. cap stuff. Yep, on there. Yep. Look at look at what they have for unrestricted and restricted free agents coming up, and where they are with their with their goaltending too. Yep. And it's unrestricted, like some some key guys. Now they've got guys under contract too, but they're all spent on the on the
1: wrong a wrong money so your your big your big forwards are taylor hall which unrestricted i don't know how you like like if you're kevin adams you you have to try to move him right you have to do something there Taylor's talked about resigning i i don't see how that's a positive for the buffalo sabers i don't see
2: how that's a positive for taylor hall other than
1: cash well that's the positive yeah that's 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 the short list. That's everything. That's
2: it. Okay, so Taylor Hall, unrestricted. Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl, unrestricted.
1: Tobias Reeder. Riley Sheehan. Then on the back end, Brandon Montour, unrestricted. Brandon Davidson, unrestricted. Matt when unrestricted. Mm-hmm. Carter Hutton, goaltender, unrestricted. Uh- so
2: you're going to have to fill these spots. Mm-hmm. So two key veteran positions and high end top six players. They have to fill that spot. You have to fill half your goaltending, because the, the Johansson, he's not getting it done right now. The, yeah. And he's, and again, he's another one of the casualties of being thrust in too fast.
1: Right. Sam Reinhart, restricted free agent. So you've got to come to a decision. You've got to figure out what that extension. If 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 you look at Sam Reinhart as part of the solution moving forward, you're going to have to negotiate that. And Casey Middlestat, restricted free agent.
2: Yeah, he's uh, he he'll be happy to get a contract offer
1: rasmus delin and henry yokiharu are the other two restricted free agents on the back end so you're trying so here's what you do here you you either
2: give those guys bridge deals mm-hmm. or you try and sign them long term you want to sign long term there from the player no absolutely not you stall and and haul. say they go mm-hmm. and and I don't know where. I, I could see Eric Stahl actually signing in Winnipeg as a center there. But, but, but that's for another day. Uh, if if you have to go out and fill those top six positions with free agents, mm-hmm. who the hell is signing there? Nobody. On, on, with it the same now. No. Th- now, you, you do something like Jimmy.
1: Mm-hmm. It opens and, up doors. Yeah. It, 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 it allows for a clearer view of of what the blueprint's going to be, and how Buffalo can get back to some significance in the NHL. So we've already wasted
2: a few minutes. If And I, I haven't got any word that they've created the position of Hockey Operations for the naming of Jim Rutherford as president of Hockey Operations well, I, by 5 o'clock Pacific.
1: Listen, they should have done it when Kevin Adams had his media availability earlier today.
2: But they didn't, so mm. I started the clock on them.
1: Hmm. I think you're going to be waiting. A long, long time.
2: How long do you think I wait on that?
1: um, Spring starts Saturday. Maybe. Man, I don't know. I I, I don't think they're going to do anything. I don't think they're going to do anything. I think they
2: do. I think they wake up. I think here's the other thing. I think there's enough pressure, whispers, and nudges. Mm -hmm. Not from a around the league that's where the whispers are but i but i i think that there's some some gentle nudges every now and then the league the league reach out the league yeah head office come on we'll we'll give a little nudge hey you know what you know what could probably really help
1: this Mm -hmm.
2: yeah yeah uh jim or otherford that's that's not uncommon that the the league will offer recommendations
1: okay so you and i as you said, Jim Rutherford. I mouthed Jim Rutherford. So you and I are in agreement. That's the guy. That is the one one person we can see stepping into this no, situation. You said Tom Cruise. No, that's not what I said. Um, well, you sure look like you Tom seem, Cruise. You seem very, very motivated by this. So I'll, I'll, I'll bite. It takes them two weeks. That's two fair. weeks from today. Okay,
2: that's that's fair.
3: Right.
2: I I would want him in place. It should be now. It should. I would want him in place in the next few days to oversee the trade deadline and what they do at the trade deadline. That's that, that that's <laughs> the next big thing for from a managerial and, and running your roster. Uh-huh, yeah, I would want somebody watching over Kevin Adams at the
1: trade deadline. Completely. Agree. By the way, he's never done that either. Yeah, it's it's not good. Two weeks. That's before the trade deadline. Yes. If the trade deadline comes. And there's nothing, no changes. Then they
2: deserve what
1: they get. Yeah, I agree, 100%. And
2: and there's part of it that they deserve what they got. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that you have to continually go down that path. The good news of the day, you uh, will hear Robin Leonard speak so eloquently and so honestly about what he's been through through the course of the concussion and getting back on the ice. And one-timers, a massive injury to the National Hockey League that hurts one of the East Division contenders. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
0: It's time for the good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show.
1: The good news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. And if you missed it today, don't do it again. The Silver Knights launched HSK Today on 1230 AM The Game, a weekly insider radio program, much like this one here. The program is hosted by the voice of the Silver Knights, Brian McCormack. The first installment aired today at 3 p.m. and keeps you up to date with all the goings-on of the Henderson Silver Knights. You do not want to miss this weekly show, Wednesdays, 3 p.m., on Sister Station, 1230 a.m., The Game. That was the good news of the day, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. We've got a lot more going on in hour number two we'll hear from robin leonard darren's one-timers all coming up next on fox sports las vegas
2: vegas takes over smith comes out to the neutral zone feels right marshes fires he scores
0: live from the finley chevrolet fox sports las vegas studios and live at lvsportsnetwork.com smith to marshes two golden knights. this is the vegas golden knights insider show your destination for inside access with the team exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the national hockey league here are your hosts darren millard and ryan wallace live
2: from t-mobile arena this is the vgk insider show looking ahead to the back half of a two-game series against the san jose sharks as the golden knights go for another sweep of both the Sharks and a West Division opponent. They've been so good at taking teams uh, right out to the woodshed and uh, knocking off the rust and making sure that they put those four points in the bank. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. Looking forward to this one tonight. Game five of the season series against the Sharks, and this is the midway mark in a set of games against the have-nots in the West Division. When they get done with the L.A. Kings on the weekend on sunday after a two-game trip to staples center it's back to the grind of the likes of st louis and minnesota and a couple of teams that were right there at the start of the season colorado is right around the corner so winning these games against the san jose's and the los angeles kings very important and it's even going to be more pressure packed because of the roster moves that had to be made or are awaiting to be made decisions on the lineup tonight because Pete DeBoer, at this point, may not know who he has available to go tonight.
1: Yeah, exactly. We've got some game time decisions. Alex Tuck, Chandler Stevenson, and Robin Leonard are all considered right now to be game time decisions. Chandler Stevenson did miss the game on Monday, Alex Tuck missed some shifts in the third period on Monday, so... It'll be interesting to see who ends up going tonight for the Golden Knights, if either one of those players are going to go, and if Robin Leonard will be on the bench or with his team for the first time in quite a while.
2: So that impacts the first line with Chandler Stevenson. It impacts the third line when you talk about Alex Tuck, and it certainly impacts the fourth line when you start moving pieces around and trying to plug some of those holes. That's the challenge, and that's one that has become pretty commonplace for Pete DeBoer and company uh, this season, certainly since the opening couple of weeks of the campaign when they were able to go the first eight games, and the biggest game discussion was five defensemen and 13 forwards or six defensemen and 12 forwards You when know they what, were going through that.
1: You know what it wasn't? starting goalie
2: right because there was the back and forth Mm -hmm. the rotation between Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard Leonard has been activated off the long-term injury reserve list he's eligible to back up tonight Mm -hmm. I think he will I would expect he would back up he was made available to the media today he's practiced with the team the last couple of uh, days he's been able to uh work out with the henderson silver knights before uh this week so there's there's a progression there and a visibility from robin leonard that wasn't there as he recovered from the concussion so there's steps in the right direction when it comes to leonard's return to the lineup mentioned his availability to the team this morning He did speak to the media, addressed and confirmed that it was a concussion that has knocked him uh, out of the lineup and made him unavailable for the last 17 games, but also was asked a question by Dave Shane from the Review Journal that addressed some whispers that were going on around the National Hockey League, and in particular, uh, addressing Robin Leonard's past, his current position, his battles with mental health and addiction, and his answer was as beautiful as it was informative. Here's Robin Leonard this morning.
3: Robin, I'm going to be careful how I ask this. There were some whispers going around the league a little bit that you weren't hurt. My question to you is, did you hear that?
2: And does it anger you that you didn't get the benefit of the doubt while you were away?
4: Uh, uh Yeah, I mean, I did hear it. That's why... I- And the only reason why I'm telling you guys that I had a concussion right now uh, is the nature of uh, society. Um, I've said this many times before without going on a rant. uh, The stigma around mental health is uh, insane. Uh, Everyone deals with it. I don't care what anyone says. Everyone deals with it in some form or during their life. Right now during COVID, a lot of people do, but uh, uh, and that's also why the stigma is really hard for the progress of the getting people better because people have to hide it or people, you know, talk and say these things. And uh, I think uh, I should get the benefit of the doubt from it because I've been honest with it. Uh, if I would have those issues again, which uh, uh, are not happening, I would be honest uh, about it. Uh, and uh, it's uh it's unfortunate it's unfortunate because uh, a mental health problem is no different than a a knee problem or a shoulder problem or something like that it's treatable except the stigma at the uh, you know the, the stigma makes it harder for people that struggles with mental health uh, health uh, stuff I mean a, a person that uh, keep having MCL or ACL surgeries throughout his career still gets a shot still don't get uh, get looked at the same way as someone that might have have a couple of mental issues that they figure out with a psychiatrist instead of a doctor uh get a medicine instead of a surgery you know and uh um it's way more uh common for a lot of people it's just people can't say it and that's unfortunate but that's why i'm honest with by saying i i had a concussion uh teams usually don't say those things but i thought it was important to to say that because i've heard those uh those rumors that oh maybe he's back at rehab or whatnot you know but it's what it is it is there's been progress but in robin leonard's
2: instance it really proves that there's more work to do Now part of this is when a player leaves the lineup mm-hmm. anywhere in professional sports and you there's not that that moment that you see them get hurt and then they're rehabbing, and, and there's not the level of uh, information out that the natural thing is to try and figure it out on your own. Sure. But he, we do know enough about um, concussions. Uh, there was enough uh, intimation from, from Pete DeBoer a couple of times during his media briefings that, uh, that certainly led us to believe that it was a concussion. And that they they were dealing with that that it, that there didn't need to be the rumblings that there didn't need to be the innuendos from from people and I I can't imagine how frustrating it must have been when when Robin first heard the whispers to to hear that and have to deal with that
1: yeah it's it's got to be it's got to be really really disheartening right to to first of all be injured. And and knowing kind of what goes on in the mind of an athlete when they are mm-hmm. injured, when they're not able to be around their team, when they're not able to help their team win on a nightly basis, and then you add in the extra layer of just simply not getting the benefit of the doubt, and I think that you know if you're Robin Leonard and you've you've been an open book, you deserve that. You should have that and it's unfortunate that that was in essence taken away from him at times and you just shouldn't have to deal with that and you know it, as it's 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 our job to try to figure out what's wrong right like that is that is what these press conferences are for we're trying to to dig and get information with Pete DeBoer talking about symptoms i think we all really understood at that moment in time what we were what the injury was and what and why that timeline was was really different than maybe what we initially thought it was going to be because concussions are not a a linear path to returning to a lineup
2: and the the nhl and the nhlpa have a program in place and it's public Mm -hmm. we know when players go into certain situations as far as the injury goes, I've speculated about injuries before. Yeah, I'll speculate about injuries next week. We all do it <laughs> when it comes to players in and out of the lineup. Where did they get hurt? I'll yep. go back and look at the game and try and find out when player B suffered the ailment and how they suffered the ailment that caused them to miss shifts for a certain period of time or leave a game. Concussion is no different than that. You can speculate You can uh, talk about the potential of them dealing with a concussion I have no trouble with that Yeah. You, you, you better be damn well sure that you've got an educated guess And you're not just throwing stuff around Yeah.
3: But I, I give
2: most media members uh, the, the, the benefit of the doubt that they do their, their homework with. The other stuff, that's irresponsible Completely agree Robin Leonard speaking today uh, to the media. I would expect uh, him, my, my guess would be that he would back up tonight and he'll play at some point this weekend. That'll be an interesting decision and schedule going forward. You have games Friday, you have games Sunday and Monday. Mm-hmm. L.A., in L.A., Friday and Sunday, and then at home against the St. Louis Blues uh, on Monday. So three and four games. Uh, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that uh, that he gets, well, for sure he gets one of those games and he may get he may get two. He may get the the Friday and the he, we won't play the back to back, but he might get Friday and a Sunday.
1: So I like I, I look Friday at,
2: and a Monday, I apologize.
1: Yeah, like I I think that there's there's a legitimate case to be made for Robin you know, for for Robin Leonard to, to I think Sunday is kind of where I have him mm-hmm. penciled in because that gives Marc Andre Fleury if if you're going that route, Saturday and Sunday off. And, and that, to me, especially when you consider it's the Blues coming in, you know that, that you want Flurry dialed in for that Blues game. Like, I would probably go with Robin Leonard on Sunday, and Fair. I don't know that I I would dress Marc Andre. And we've, we've talked about that, we've kind of hinted at that before, uh, but... But I think Sunday makes the most sense from where I'm sitting. You at least get Robin Leonard some more practices and, and really dialed in for that start if he gets it on Sunday.
2: You know, if, if, you, didn't, if you didn't have to have three goaltenders with you mm-hmm. at all times yep. right now in, in the National Hockey League because of COVID, if that wasn't mandated, I would start Flower on Friday and then send him back to Vegas. For, for for the weekend, <laughs> let let them hang out yeah. and and be ready to play on on Monday. You know how pitchers, baseball teams, do that all the time. They'll yeah. they'll send the starters ahead, yeah, and and be ready. Uh, that's what I would do. Now, you're supposed to have three goaltenders available. Mm-hmm. If you, and if you don't have three goaltenders available, the uh, the National Hockey League is going to ask a lot of questions about why, because they've made this taxi squad uh, available to you. But if if Mark Andre Fleury goes tonight, and he's and he's going to. Uh, that'll be 17-18. Uh, we're starting to get up to like what it sounds like in years. 17-18. <laughs> uh, and if he goes again on Friday, it's 18-19. Yep. Yep. That's crazy.
1: It is. It is. But, like, again, I, I think that when you're kind of looking at the starts and and you're looking at just getting Robin Leonard back into a game, and feeling comfortable. You mentioned it. There was there was no no practice yesterday, mm-hmm. no practice. So Robin Leonard's had a couple of morning skates. Like I, I think you're going to need a couple more days before you're ready to get into that game action. Now he Could did. Create, I should use a different word. Starting 18
2: of 19
1: is extraordinary. It, it's it's okay. I don't understand how Marc Andre is doing it because like
2: I'm once well, fit as a fiddle.
1: Well, there's that. And, and maybe that's the difference between he and I, because I'm tired. I'm tired and I just talk for a living. I don't play a game.
2: No, I know your body gets from playing playing hockey or or any sport every day. Yes. Like when, when you play anything every day, your body gets fatigued. When you do it as a professional athlete, there's the amount of soreness yeah. that builds up, and he's and he's playing every game. Well, he's going to get some breaks
1: here and there. Robin, Leonard's, Robin Leonard is is almost all the way back, and I think that you know what Mark Andre was fantastic, and and really came through for the Golden Knights during this stretch, and I think that rotation is going to be the best thing for Marc-Andre Fleury, the best thing for Robin Leonard, and the best thing for the Golden Knights as they traverse the back half of this season.
2: 17 of 18 tonight. 18 of 19 if he goes on Friday to start the three games in four nights for the Golden Knights against Los Angeles Kings and the St. Louis Blues. And yeah, having Marc-Andre available against the Blues on Monday after what he was able to accomplish and put forward... In the games last weekend mm-hmm. in Missouri, yeah, it, it ma- makes a lot of sense that you would go that route. Uh, just uh, uh, an aside, we talked on Monday for several minutes about a player <laughs> on the San Jose Sharks who was coming out uh, and getting ready for the game, uh, coming out to the bench area of the San Jose Sharks in his uh, in his underwear in his on his hockey uh layers Mm -hmm. and doing some different things on the bench pretending to stick handle uh down the ice but doing it on the bench and then juking and jiving and bobbing to the music that's uh that you hear in the background uh i don't know like i haven't been able to nail down who it is Mm. do you you think you you know
1: yeah i do I, i think it's curtis gabriel
2: we saw him on the broadcast the other night bobbing to some yep. music during the game
1: yeah so there was there was a moment in in which this player's pre-game routine on the bench had them jump into the boards essentially and at at a, for a brief period during gameplay curtis gabriel did the exact same thing uh on the boards so okay. I, i'm like I, I'm not going to say 100% certain, but like 97% certain that it was Curtis Gabriel.
2: There's a bit of a mystery solved because that was unique. Yes. I, I've witnessed plenty of different rituals from players. One of the one of the coolest ones was Corey Schneider would come out to the bench, goaltender, Vancouver, and mm-hmm. New Jersey. Mm-hmm. He would come out to the bench, and he would do these eye exercises. <laughs> where, where, because we had our cameras zoomed in on on anything that's going on around there, uh, back at Sportsnet, and he would like move them to the right and move them to the left and up and down. And he, he eyes wide open and do these, and that was different. And yeah. we've seen guys take their sticks. Uh, we've watched Braden Holtby do it. We've watched uh, Corey Perry uh, do it. There's there's been different uh, ones. I've never in my life watched a player pretend to stick handle up and down the ice as he as he walks between the. The bench, and the boards mm-hmm. uh, on, on on that bench area.
1: Well, it was fun. It was certainly yeah. entertaining, and I'm I'm hopeful that it happens again here shortly, so we can continue to to describe what that routine looks like. But uh, hockey players, creatures of habit. It's always funny to me to watch Sidney Crosby's lap during. During pregame, in which he hits the exact same benchmarks at the exact same time, every single time he goes through his warm-up routine. It it blows my mind. Malkin's the same way. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But they do it every single time. Benchmark every single time to the second. Is Is that really a good thing? I don't know. I mean, they're playing in the NHL and pretty successful, so maybe.
2: Yeah, uh, Sid Sid's always done that. Back in junior, he would always come out and retape his stick during <laughs> every intermission, and he would wear the same ball cap. He had the same ball cap that he would wear. Yeah, Rimouski Oceanic. Uh, he played for the Rimouski Oceanic, but the ball cap was the Quebec
3: Nordiques. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and he did that in the uh, in the Memorial Cup, and he would always come out. He'd rip off the tape, tape a new stick uh, outside the dressing room door. And and back he was really Sid the kid then, yeah. and then back he goes. And and Sid is is really dialed
1: in with those things, mm-hmm. those rituals, yeah. superstitions. So do you have them? Do you do you do do you follow them? Well, I mean, I I had one back in the day when I played. No, but do you have them in life now? Do you have different no, things? no 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 no? I, like there's there's not any. I, I don't have.
2: I'd like to get our listeners the... one day, one <laughs> day when we we've got some time, mm-hmm. have people phone up and give us their rituals their superstitions that they follow all the time because we a lot of us have them
1: so what's yours so i mean like there you know there were there were times where i believed in a lucky shirt back in the day like as as a fan as a sporting fan i believed i believed in the lucky shirt i did not believe in lucky underwear because that's (laughs) disgusting Mm -hmm. but lucky Mm -hmm. shirt like that's totally fine um, I, no, I, I don't. I don't feel like I have the the right type of energy as I've gotten older to have a superstition. I, it, I just, and I It don't does it. take energy. Oh, hundred
2: percent. Because it assumes you at times.
1: Because you have to make sure everything is just right, and then if it's not, you start to overanalyze the fact that it isn't, mm. and then all the different possibilities that can go wrong, like. I've just decided to live a life in which I don't recognize superstitions or jinxes.
2: (laughs) Jinxes are tough.
1: They're they're not real.
2: Jinxes are really tough. They're not real. But I buy them.
1: No, you don't. Come on. No, you don't. I I
2: absolutely buy jinxes.
1: I don't buy jinxes at all.
2: It's scary that I do. but, But I... So of the Vegas Golden Knights, look down that roster. Okay. Who is the most likely... And who is the least likely to be somebody that is uh, a follower of superstitions and rituals? Oops. Most likely and least likely, and I'm gonna I'm gonna remove two players right away. Okay, Goal, goalies can't be part of it. Yeah, yeah that's just that that's too obvious.
1: I mean, the two that jump out at me as superstitious guys: Mark Stone, Riley Smith. I had Stone too. Like I think Mark Stone is is one and then it's kind of a vet. Va- now do you like, know
2: whether he, he does? I have no idea. I don't but either, he, but I he, just but take he, him. He he just looks yeah. and acts like, like that player that would have a ton of superstitions or rituals. Now I have oh, a uh, Marcia Saw I was gonna put into that.
1: The the too. yeah, the, the guy that I think does not have or, or is not like so superstition inclined, Alec Martinez. Like, he just seems like the type of guy that that has been around it and seen so much and been through so much that he realizes that superstitions don't really matter that much.
2: That's a good guess,
3: too. Yeah. I mean, there's an actual, like, correlation between college, being college-educated and not believing in superstition. How? How? I'd say there's a correlation. Uh, apparently, the more knowledge you have the less likely you're going to believe in nonsense really yeah i I, the more facts you you have you know ingested the less likely you're going to believe in i don't buy that i don't think that's true i don't (laughs) think superstition i don't i do
2: not think superstitions uh differentiate a more educated person to a less educated person
3: Alright.
2: I'm gonna disagree with you. Do you do you have facts on that?
3: I mean psychology today, so I don't know. It's in a journal. Like like that that old rag has yeah. any
1: psychology today. <laughs> How many sources do they have? Yeah.
2: You can get anything published in that.
3: Alright. <laughs> I will stop interjecting. Hey, hey
1: hold on, Jared. If yes. you're if you're on the program tomorrow, just bring in the copy of Psychology Today. And then in oh, your segment, just read off that study.
3: Yes, because I'm known for reading and speaking eloquently. This will this will be an unmitigated disaster.
2: Do you have Do you have uh, superstitions or rituals? Um, I shower daily. Well, okay, that doesn't really count. <laughs> That's healthy.
3: No,
1: I don't believe in nonsense.
2: No, what's well, not nonsense if you believe it?
3: Well, I mean, it, okay, it could
1: be nonsense if it's nonsense, just because you believe it. If you
3: believe in nonsense, then like, okay, that's fair. I won't judge. Like, I, I mean, I mean, I'll judge you. Like, you, I wouldn't want you like watching my children, but like, you know, you know I don't think I, Max.
2: I don't think Max Pacioretty has any rituals either.
1: I don't think he has time for them.
3: <laughs> all the
1: kids.
2: So there's nothing that you do. Like you don't go take if you, there's a fork in the road. Uh, you don't go right. You don't.
1: No. 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 Like, I, s- I step on cracks. I don't really care about.
2: I don't step on cracks. Yeah, you do. It, well, I, I do if I don't notice. You're but, standing on one right yeah, now. Yeah, but I don't. I wasn't noticing it. But if I come up with one and I look down and I'm like,
1: oh, I'll, I'll, I'll move Does it bother around. you that you're on one right now? Yeah, I'll move. Okay, he's moving. That's fantastic. But you the, weren't on a crack, by the way.
2: I worked at Sportsnet for 20 years. We were in the one studio for six. I walked into that studio a weird way. For six years, <laughs> and walked out of that studio the same way for six years. Now, thankfully, like, thankfully, yeah. I I've, I've managed to rinse a lot of the, a lot of what I've done. That's good. But and I feel I do feel freer. Yeah. But I I think as an athlete, mm-hmm. like Stone does have that that just vibe about him that he would have rituals, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I think th- there's a fine line between routine mm-hmm. and superstition sure. and ritual.
3: Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like, I totally agree with that. But there's also, if you're so locked into, like, these are my routines, these are my rituals, then you're going to miss out on the, like, whoa, what just happened? That was weird. That was interesting. Let's go look at, like, I didn't know I could even do that. Like, you're going to miss out on, like, a street because you're like, oh, I always turn left. Well, maybe turn right every once in a while. Just turn.
1: So sometimes I will put on sock shoe sock shoe that's weird other times i'll go sock sock shoe shoe i don't know anybody that does that yeah i know it's weird but it had happened sometimes like i'm i'm not even married that's to not, how that's i That's not that's not a superstition no no, no i'm just, saying that's just plain I, weird no i know it's not a superstition my point is that's how unmarried i am to the idea of you have to do things repetitively oh, the yeah. same way all the time there are times you put your
2: pants on one leg at a time
1: um not nah, always. He, he, yeah, no, I, I, I
3: know, Ryan, I got this. I know Ryan well enough that he lays down he just sort of shimmies.
1: There, shimmies. Are, times, oh, shimmy. there are times in my life where I have shimmied into a pair of pants.
2: <laughs> uh, San Jose against the Vegas Golden Knights, superstition aside, this is becoming a ritual and very routine that the Golden Knights beat the San Jose Sharks. Halfway point of the series, it's for love. If it was a tennis game, it would be over. What do we expect tonight? Is is Pete DeBoer's club ripe for a loss, or is this going to be put your foot down and put yourself in a position to run the table?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is a real opportunity for the Golden Knights to to just take care of business once again. And, and we've talked about the the potential for we don't know who is really going to be in the lineup we don't know necessarily if alex tuck or chandler stevenson are going to be able to go but that brings about opportunity for other guys specifically cody glass specifically tomas yurko and and those are guys that if they get into the lineup are going to bring that extra hunger that extra desire to show out for their team and i think that you can build off and feed off of that And I just think the Golden Knights like to beat the San Jose Sharks. They're really good at it. It's just one of those things that, as a team, you get joy out of beating your rival, and I don't expect anything really different tonight.
2: I know you do your pregame show at uh, 6 o'clock leading into the Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Can I give you a night to shine? I I never get to do this, but can I give you a night to shine? Sure. Will Carrier scores his first goal tonight.
1: Ooh, look at you. Look at you! He's got a
2: feeling.
3: Wait, is this the part of the show where we just make wild guesses at stuff? No,
2: no, no! It's not wild guesses. Hey, hey! If you're if you're good, you'll make a bite J- out of that, and we'll get to play it tomorrow when you're back again.
1: Jared, listen. Um, Keaton Colzar will score his first NHL goal tonight because that is uh, going to happen.
2: See now you guys, you now you guys are just piling on. a No, I'm not.
1: I'm not at all. Jared, I've- why don't you say something? Dylan Coughlin's going to score his first NHL goal, and then he shows me up with a hat trick. Like, it's totally fine. Not a big deal.
2: Oh, when we continue, it's one-timers. This is news and notes from around the National Hockey League, the segment that uh, we're going to bring you some information that's going to possibly upend the Eastern Division. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas, the VGK Insider Show.
1: On to the near wing. Big shot, he scores!
0: It's time for one timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day.
2: And it's a Thai
3: hockey
0: game on the BGK Insider Show.
2: Continuing to look ahead to the San Jose Sharks against your Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Fox Sports Las Vegas bringing you game five of this eight game season series between the two clubs. You guys liking it? What do you think of Game 5 against the San Jose Sharks? Kind of been uh, from, from a altercation, from a kerfuffle standpoint. We haven't had a lot of kerfuffling.
1: I, okay, I hate that I'm about to say this, but if there's going to be a game in which there will be some kerfuffles. No, there won't be. It feels like it's going to be this
2: one. No, I'm saying no, just so there will be.
3: What if, there's a, what if there isn't a kerfuffle, but there is a brouhaha? I'll
1: take a brouhaha or a kerfuffle at this brouhaha
2: is above a kerfuffle that's like what I more thought. violent than a kerfuffle
1: what's what's less violent than a kerfuffle shenanigans so shenanigans kerfuffle brouhaha yes i want all three of them like i want i want a slow build and then give me the kerfuffle no the brouhaha crescendo that's what i want
2: i think ryan reeves is right in the middle of the brouhaha tonight
1: I I think you're right on that.
2: Let's see how this goes. Devin Dubnik's playing for the San Jose Sharks. Expect Devin Dubnik by the time the Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks meet again in mid-April to be unavailable to play. Devin Dubnik has an expiring contract. Yeah. Uh, He has has played better lately, certainly found his form, and and I I have trouble judging somebody like that what you're... You're living away from your family you played the first eight games on the road mm-hmm. no matting yep uh i think that there's some some real upside with with devin dubnik and if a team like again i mentioned colorado if a team wants a little goaltending depth i think devin dubnik is one of those players who is traded between now and the nhl trade deadline
1: you know there's i think there's value that san jose can get yeah. from flipping Dubnik and I think that that's where their heads collectively need to be at as they kind of navigate the end of this season and look forward to next season and you're absolutely right there are plenty of teams that could use some goaltending depth that are are knocking on the door and want to do some damage in the playoffs and and Colorado you mentioned is certainly one of them um, I like the idea of San Jose moving Devin Dubnik just because I want to see the Golden Knights play Martin Jones more
2: Here's another team, Philadelphia
1: yeah. Yeah, that's not a just, bad... Just depth-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not a bad pickup for them either. It just solidifies everything. It, it allows you...
2: Carter Hart's had a bit of a
1: speed wobble. <laughs> <laughs> it, does, it, does it count as a speed wobble if you're wobbling for the entire season? See, I don't think he's been bad the entire year.
2: No? He's had a couple of stretches, but it certainly has been more of a sophomore slump. Hey, the uh, New York Islanders, who yeah. are right now trying to chase down sole possession of first place in the mass mutual east division will be without their captain anders lee anders lee is gone with a, a torn acl and that's not good uh the quarterback anders lee great quarterback in high school uh is out of the lineup how much does that hurt the new york islanders
1: I mean, it's your captain, and you know beyond what Anders Lee does on the ice in terms of scoring goals and just kind of being that guy that goes to the front of the net and, and really has that identity that I think a lot of uh, that the Islanders play with. I, I I think that there's a leadership aspect that's going to be missed with Anders Lee out the door. Now that being said, it, we've also seen injuries like this galvanize a team. It allows the rest of the team to kind of chip in and and do some really great things you've still got matt barzell who is just dynamic. What are you tony robbins over there what what do you mean tony robbins like galvanizing yeah it's, it's gonna be it's a, good it's a good word it's a kick in the pants yeah it is but you could also i, I mean listen you can find a way to make it work for you because you have to and and I don't think Lou Lamarillo is going to sit there and be like, I'm not going to try to supplement this team as best I can going into the playoffs.
2: If, if I am Lou Lamarello, and I'm not, but you're not, yours. Like, do you take a chance? The $7 million placed on long-term injury uh, reserve. Yep. Anders Lee, kind of surprisingly to me, was tied for the most goals in that team.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think there's others that should be in that mix for most goals. This is a team that doesn't score goals naturally beyond Barzell, and he doesn't have double digits right now. Would you take a chance on Taylor
1: Hall? Would you? Uh, Listen, I think I would because we know that when Taylor Hall is playing at the the pinnacle of his abilities, he can be a game-breaker. He can be dynamic it hasn't been the case but when has it been the case in buffalo it, it wasn't the case in arizona but if you're looking it was in new jersey it was in new jersey and if you're looking at an opportunity to just kind of take a take a shot and you don't have to extend him in in the off season, i think you could do a lot worse than trying to bring in taylor hall to kind of supplement this team lou
2: says they're not going to do something for the sake of doing something which is the exact opposite of what the the guy that replaced him in toronto said yesterday where we're going to do something (laughs) we're going to do something big and just for the sake of doing something uh as i paraphrase uh, kyle dubas but i the islanders are right in in that mix of teams that can do something big win a couple of rounds go to the third round not the conference finals this year but the third round, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they take a shot. And if I'm Taylor Hall right now, I'm on my phone to my agent saying, can you call yeah. Kevin Adams or yes. whoever's running our team right now and talk to them, <laughs> get in <laughs> touch he, with Lou? Can, or or as an agent, can you yeah. maybe slide something over to Lou? Uh, Taylor wants Taylor to uh, do that.
1: If I'm Taylor Hall and that's on the table, it provides a couple of things an option to salvage this season in terms of production and in terms of upping your value in the off season and it allows you the opportunity to actually play for something
2: you talk about value upping your value in the mm-hmm. off season. yep right now he'd love to get back to the value that he was last I, off season i agree but and i don't think his value I, I know the the Buffalo Sabres paid him the 8 million dollars mm-hmm. but i don't think his value was great then no, I and agree. it's only gone down now. So he he needs, he needs to something like that trade to put him in a situation where he succeeds, and he would be in an
1: environment to create success.
2: And he, I think that would be great.
1: He needs to go on a run, and he needs to be very good mm-hmm. in order to salvage that. If like if I'm Taylor Hall, I want that trade tomorrow. Imagine Barcel and Hall going down. Well, the we wing. said we said imagine. Uh, Imagine Eichel and Hall, and here we are.
2: True. That's 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 a great point. Uh, who is it that was talking about the the sticks, A right-handed and a left-handed shot? Oh, Matty Biron was on. Remember when we were talking to Matty Biron, and he said it, w- it would work with Eichel and Hall had more of a chance for success because righty-lefty, mm-hmm. and you're passing to each other down the. That made sense to me. Yeah, I'd never really thought of it that way, but even then, there's so much that goes into it. Uh, Jimmy Vesey few years ago high price college free agent yeah now he's bounced around a couple of teams signed a deal with toronto put on waivers monday picked up by the vancouver canucks jimmy vesey is moving on uh this this is a little late in the game for the vancouver canucks for me but he is one of those streaky guys mm-hmm. who may be able to go in uh it's it's an interesting one i think it's it's also a decision by jim benning to to do something sure in in the environment although picking this is why it won't go over well the intention is to show everybody that you're 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 doing stuff you can't make a lot of trades this year Mm -hmm. but you're willing to scour the waiver wire the reason why it won't go over very well is a little bit of canadian politics geography (laughs) people in bc Despise Toronto and the East. <laughs> just like despise, because okay. I, I lived it. Yeah. Anything you say in Toronto, yeah. if you say Vancouver's the greatest, they will find a reason why isn't isn't coming from the heart or something.
1: It's just that's it, nonsense. It, it, it,
2: yeah, but it, it's how it, how it <laughs> works. And picking up a piece of scrap from Toronto to help your team oh, will be one on. of those will be one of those ones that that will be hand
1: by the fans in Vancouver. Not if he scores like 12 goals the remainder of the year. No. True. You know what I mean? Like, And and what does this do for Kyle Dubas who is looking at the forward position to make his big splash. Now all of a sudden he's down a forward. Well, he was
2: asked why he put him on waivers. Jimmy Vc on waivers. He said because we've got guys coming back from injury. I, I, don't get me started on that. And you know what? Here's <laughs> the thing. I'm going to have to interview <laughs> Kyle at some point here. And That's gonna go real. No, well. you know what's gonna happen is I'm gonna to have to tell them, Kyle. I've 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 been highly critical. And do you still want to do the interview? Yeah. But I've been highly critical. I'm, I'm that I, I will do that, and I've done that in the past where I've had to tell them. And uh, I'm. There's how does, no, that, how but there's, does that
1: conversation go?
2: Sometimes it's. What did you say? And I'll tell them. And, and if it was justified, we go on. And I've had maybe t- two two people say, no thanks. <laughs> which, which I totally agree with. That's good. that's that's your prerogative. I'd rather have them say no thanks after me telling them mm-hmm. I've I've been hard on you, yeah. than to go on the air and do the interview and people go, you are so two faced. Do that interview after you've panned them. I don't. It's fantastic. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> uh, so what what do you expect uh, from Minnesota, Colorado, and St. Louis? At the trade deadline who's going to be the most active between those three teams
1: part of me wants to say it's going to be st louis just because they they're dealing with some injuries and and getting closer
2: though getting better
1: and they they haven't really played i think to what their expectation is this season uh if i'm the colorado avalanche i'm looking for i'm looking for a goalie i'm looking for something that helps fortify that position and I like Minnesota's team and I don't know that they necessarily do anything to change it.
2: See here's the thing with Minnesota. I look at Nashville mm-hmm. I look at Winnipeg, I look at San Jose and go. they all thought they were on the rise. Just because you have a good season doesn't mean you follow up the net just because you have a good season doesn't mean you're the Golden Knights and you're yeah. in contention every year. yeah I think I think Minnesota pushes some chips in. I think they make a pretty good run for it. I'd
1: like to see it. It'd be funny. It'd be fun. It'd be cool. Like Minnesota going deep in a a run would be interesting. Very interesting. So I don't know. We'll see. I wonder what I forgot
2: about today. Because I always leave the show going, I should have brought that up on one-timers. Those are your one-timers for this Wednesday, March of... Coming up next. Catching up with Jared. Well, it's... it's, Oh, yeah. It's St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Uh, That's the one-timers for St. Patrick's Day. March the. Uh... Fox Sports, Las Vegas.
0: We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. We've got a couple of different things
2: happening inside the arena. We're at T-Mobile right now getting set for the San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights uh, wrapping up their two-game series. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace. On the Vegas bench right now, it's the content team. Uh, Katie Schmeichel and Gordon Weigers creating some uh, VGK content that you can watch on social media and on VegasGoldenKnights.com and on the San Jose bench we believe it's Curtis Gabriel. Yes. I just took video of him and <laughs> sent it to him and, and, and at some point tonight he'll get it and he'll confirm or deny that it's him. He'll but will he, out. He's running back and forth on the bench like he's playing a shift in the National Hockey League but he's in his sweatshirt and it's his It's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Two very different things in, and and they're both both sides are preparing for the game.
1: You know, if it is Curtis Gabriel, he might be my new favorite player.
2: Uh, he's uh, he, he's got a great Twitter account uh, too. Uh, on the uh, side of uh, broadcast information, here's Jared Justice, who's uh, the operator for today's show, yesterday's show, probably back for tomorrow's show. Uh, what do you have for us as we catch up with Justice?
3: Okay, so as you guys were aware, I did the HSK Today show. Well debut?
2: The debut. Yes. And on that
3: show, uh, I was asked, do I know hockey terms? And so I had to bring up a story from, I want to say, what, three years ago, Ryan, where you were cleaning out a desk. Yes. And you found a list of hockey terms. I did. And about once a day, you would just point at me and go, what does flow mean? Yes. And I'd go, hair. Yep. And that was the entire relationship. Did I, wanted, you, I, wa- I, I left out a lot of details on that, and sure. so I just wanted to go. When you read, when you found a glossary of hockey terms, yep. What was your initial reaction? Why is this necessary? <laughs> who who owned them? Oh, uh, that's that's not important. But oh,
1: so it was somebody that was in the business? It was. Uh, it was uh, like a cheat sheet. Yeah. For. Yeah. Understanding hockey lingo. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was good, but it was also like I'm not like I'm not, ha- you know hat trick,
2: but you know what? Not but, everybody's a natural and uh, has been around the game for a long time. That's bar, not
1: a bad thing. Bar down, uh, okay. Yeah. Stick,
2: that's fine. I've covered
3: sports where I've had to learn lingo.
1: Did you, Jared? Did you did you pass the test?
3: Uh, no, because oh. I. Uh, Okay, well, I didn't know what a flamingo was, and I did not know what a grocery stick was. So those those were those were more advanced than what I was getting. I was getting like, what's a shorty? <laughs> which, what's by the, which by the way, Darren, that's yes. the type of list we're talking here. It was not like advanced hockey terms. It was.
2: There's nothing wrong with the education. you educating yourself. I I do. I refuse to be that guy. Uh, who, who's like, I can't believe you don't know that. Nope, not going to do it. I'll bring out some terms. How we, could you guys do curling? No. You guys need the cheat sheet for curling? Yes. Oh. Let's do well, a segment on curling one day. Vegas Golden Knights are going to try and take out the San Jose Sharks tonight. Right in the button.
4: Ryan Wallace is next with the pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.